Welcome dogs, get your goggles, get your Titus Lyker tri suit, put on those compression socks. Why be good at one sport if you can be shit at free? This is the Travel Mockery Podcast. Well, well, who would have thought the dogs back in the same kennel? Well, uh, for a while, not me, to be honest. But sometimes in life, uh, the dogs had to make certain choices. And it also meant that maybe some things had to end. But just like the Spice Girls, Fleetwood Mac and Pink Floyd, the dogs are back. The band got back together. Um, yeah, boys, how um, have we got any highs and lows? I've, I've got a low from what happened a few weeks ago. I, I was on training camp in Gran Canaria and me and John, you know, uh, fastest electrician from the Wirral. You remember him, don't you, Tom, from I do, training? I do, I do. Um, I ha- we, we decided to hire e-bikes for, uh, for a ride. Like we did this brutal ride on the Wednesday and it took like five and a half, six hours. And John's only got the big ring. Like he doesn't want to ride a two bike. So we decided to go up the Valley of the Tears, which was probably the hardest climb I've ever done. Like it's got ramps of 20% in it, goes on for flipping ever, takes about like an hour and a half to cycle up it. Um, and, uh, he was in a right fucking state. Like he had sweat pouring off him. I had to give, tried to give him a push on some bits and, uh, it was cold cause it was getting dark. Like I had lights on my bike. He didn't have any lights. So by the time we got to the top, it was pitch black. And, uh, I was like touching his back to give him a push and he could barely put the power out because the, the, the climb was so steep, but he was soaked, mate. Absolutely flipping soaked in sweat. Like he was, it, I've never seen him. Was he like so sick down. or was he just riding hard or what was it? just riding hard mate like he was i think he was having to use his whole core and his legs to turn the gear over because i think his cadence was probably like 15 or 20 i mean uh going up the climb like it was horrendous <laughs> it was horrendous it was it was <laughs> it was painful watching it um i thought at one point he had to stop on the climb and i said mate like you've got no other choice to go up here because you can't ride if he'd have turned around it would have took like four hours to get home because he'd had to retrace his steps i said you've just got to get up it mate like and uh it was like you told, uh, you know, like a dog when they're like really upset, aren't they? Just that look in their eyes. Yeah. But for it was for like... example, when they go outside and it rains and they know they need to walk through the park. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. And so anyway, on the Saturday, we decided to hire e-bikes. I said, let's do the ride again. Just hire e-bikes for a laugh. It'll be all right. It'll be fucking funny. Um, so we hired e-bikes and it was all going well at the start. We got to the first climb. I said to John, fuck it, I'm going full gas up this climb, uh, like full power mode. He was like, I'm saving it, I'm saving it, because he was so scarred for the Valley of the Tears, like he didn't want the e-bike to run out. Anyway, I went up that, like pretty hard, but then about an hour later, we fucking stacked it, mate, on the descent. And uh, <laughs> you stacked the e-bike? We crashed it, yeah, I fucking went, hit into the barrier, uh, and John completely wiped out on the floor, mate. Like, How did it happen? <laughs> the wheels went. Um we were going into a corner and probably get the, the things weigh about 16 kilos and they've got like shitty tires on. So the grip's not as good as what you think. So even when you go down the, des- the descent and you don't feel like you're going as quick as normal for one of them bikes, you're probably going like pretty quick. So we went into a corner. Um, the, I had a camera on my bike so I could like, so you could, I could like, and John had one on his you and I was in front of John. So you could it wasn't see. your fault. <laughs> well it looked like there was a mixture of two things it looked like on john's there was something on the floor um but then obviously it was going in there a bit too hot for the e-bike as well like for a normal road bike it would have been fine but for that it weren't so i my wheel well i braked and you know like if you didn't have abs in the car and the wheels would be like fucking skidding the back wheel was like skidding out skidding in and i'm thinking it and when that happens it's always like slow motion in your head in there and i'm like 
oh fuck oh fuck I've lost it here <laughs> like and I just like I almost managed to keep it in hit the barrier like for the side of the mountain went up like my legs literally went like flipping vertical I thought I was going off the side of the fucking mountain mate um luckily I didn't but John wiped out he's got horrible road rash on his leg um and then to make matters worse, when we went up the Valley of the Tears, the fucking e-bike ran out of power as well. So not only did the main bit, the climb we wanted to do, which was the Valley of the Tears on full gas, mine ran out with about six, seven K to go. So I had to ride up the climb with this flipping 16 kilo e-bike. And what did, was, uh, uh, what did the rental, uh, the e-bike rental store say? I want to see what their face was like. So you came oh, back. Mate, I, <laughs> I had to do the rest of the ride without even being able to change gear. I was stuck in the small ring because the fucking <laughs> gear lever and brake was broken, mate. I had one brake <laughs> for the rest of the ride. It was like hanging off. Uh, yeah, but that's still uh, a good yeah. session. But you come into like some certain Tony that has got this e-bike shop. <laughs> and then I bet the two of you were like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need insurance. We're pros. Yeah. So- and <laughs> do you know what I said to him when I got the bike as well? I was like, yeah. We'll hire. We'll hand it back later this evening. If some, if we don't, if we don't make it by six thirty when you shut. Something, something bad's happened to us. And they went, "Oh, don't say that." <laughs> and then, yeah, we got back about seven, seven thirty. So the next day, went in. John's bike scratched up. Mine's got one fucking gear lever, like the one hundred and five, like handle thing in my hand. I, had to put, I think that they weren't too bad to be fair, but I had to pay for the damages. It cost like three hundred and something quid plus the hire. So it was like four hundred, four hundred euros. That that thing ended up costing me in the end. I I still think that's cheap for two two crashed bikes. Yeah, but they weren't like that bad. They weren't that bad. Like John took John, to be fair to John, he he saved his e bike by taking the damage himself. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I hope uh, I hope it wasn't the same shop that you crashed into the guy on the roundabout a couple of weeks ago, was it? No, that was a different one. Yeah, there's something with me and Grand Canary crashing. Like I never normally crash. That makes me. But think that one get blacklisted. That makes me think that about one Grand- Yen Fredino in like 2021 or something when he crashed crashed his bike like five times in the year. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, but the one in Grand Canaria was like, the first one was like strange because like if you were going on a ride and you had no flipping clue where you were going, normally the person, let's say you come to Norwich, you two, if we go for a ride around here, I'm going to tell you, aren't they? Our left here, like right turn coming up, aren't they? Like if you come to a roundabout, you wouldn't normally say, I wouldn't like just say nothing. So we, I was going around the roundabout thinking we're going to go straight. He was, uh, he obviously thought that I knew where I was going. It was like we were doing a left. I was on the inside and ended up like going into him, fucking going down. But when I was on a bike ride with, do you know that Michael Bjerg for who rides for uh, UAE? No, I've heard of Yeah, we uh, we met him in in uh, Grand Canary and one of the other training camps. The next one I did after that, and he said he went with, for a ride with that guy, and the same flipping thing happened to him. But he was on the outside. <laughs> so, like, if you go riding with this guy, mate, and you don't know where you're going, either hold back or you're fucking going I, down. Like I'm telling you, I know this guy. I know this guy, and I'm gonna say he is a bit snoozy. And if you snooze, you lose. Yeah, I snooze, mate, and I fucking lost. Like, and came back. Literally, first bike ride I'd done there. In thirty seconds, I'm walking back up the hill. Road rash. Bikes like fucking like won't work properly. I'm like, oh. But I saw from is, that uh, from that crash, you didn't swim for like a week or something, a week and a half. Yeah. What from from what crash? Well, when you went with the e-bike over the barrier. Mate, I thought I fucking broke a rib. <laughs> like I was going for a swim. <laughs> I could only manage about a K, mate. Then, I was trying to breathe in the pool. I know what it and every time like. I couldn't even swim with a paddle on, mate. <laughs> like I'd like <laughs> honestly, I think I broke a rib. Like I can still feel it a bit now, but it's not that no, bad. Remember when uh, when I ran a mountain down like Killian Jornet and then fell down on a rock with my ribs and I couldn't swim for like three weeks. Like I know you can't even do yeah. a flip turn. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I was in the pool and I was like, literally like a cripple techno was flipping, dropping me, mate. Like I thought, yeah. oh God, like why, why do I always have some, do something fucking stupid? Uh- <laughs> what about you, Max? You going well? <laughs> Mates, yeah, good. Uh, back in Portugal, five weeks into the camp. Uh, yeah, we drove down here with Kate in the new van, you know, that was a bit of a, Kate had a good year last year, guys, you know, so, so I'm now reaping the benefits of that. We've got a Volkswagen Caddy. But it's not the it's not the car she wanted. She wanted a Skoda Karok, and we met in the middle at the caddy. And she's just sitting in the car the other day. She says, "This isn't the fucking car I wanted." Yeah. I What's wanted the difference? <laughs> what is the Skoda one then? Like I don't even know what that's. Well, Skoda- it's a nice like four by four car, and and instead we've got like a you know what like Postman um, Pat. You've got the Postman yeah. Pat one. <laughs> <laughs> like well, you know the Postman shows up with a bunch of posts in the back. It's like a red thing, Royal yeah. Mail. Well, we've got one of them yeah. in silver. Powerful Pension has got like a red version then, but the Citroen one, like don't they do like it's like on the same body, isn't Bilingo. it? Bilingo. Bilingo, yeah, that's what yeah. that's what Powerful Pension has got, mate. You and him would be like the boys on top. I will say if you show up, <laughs> if you show up with a Bilingo somewhere that works i know why he's single it repels really you don't you he doesn't care about that yeah a citron bilingo and crocs mate with socks you know uh you know no one is going near you <laughs> uh anyway yeah so in the caddy you know and uh and it's great for you know all that we need um but we're in we're in montegordo and mate tom I think half of the Netherlands is here, mate. In, in, in so Portugal. many people are there. Yeah, I can see it. I saw that. Yeah. What is going on? We're on the path yesterday, getting abused in in, in Dutch. Oh, yeah. Like they're telling us, yeah, they, mate. They 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 think they think you know these old Dutch people. They think when they come to Portugal, the same laws apply here than they do in the oh, Netherlands. It's the so, old Dutch people, because there's also a lot yeah. of Dutch athletes there. Oh yeah, but mostly old people. And you'll be on you'll be on the bike, right? In the middle of nowhere, Portugal. Like you haven't seen a car for hours, and then a car comes like steaming past you, NL plates, and the guy screams out the window, "Get on the cycle path!" Do they? <laughs> and I'm like, "What? There's no cycle path." And he's like, "That's the law." I'm like, "Not here, mate." And he's just like, "Well, it is in the Netherlands." <laughs> Oh, normally uh, so, yeah. in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands, there we've always always got bicycle lanes. So they're just they think it's like ever, like that everywhere, you know. But I got yeah. so much abuse when I was in Holland riding before. I was doing that challenge out here, and you know, you did the um, part of the right ride the other day, Thomas. So you post up, you know, that long flat section where you go next to the water, the waters on your yeah, back yeah, yeah. and you get a huge tower. Yeah. I was riding along that for the race, and I was getting so much fucking abuse. But I bet you were road. riding on the road there as well. Yeah, what's the big deal? Like, because like, there's like a, a four meter cycle path next to it, the same. Yeah, road. but on like, TT bike, mate, doing 50Ks an hour. Yeah, like, but yeah, I, can, I can ride there 50Ks an hour on the TT bike on the, uh, on the bike in, path because you don't in, have any turns, nothing. <laughs> so they'll be like, in what England, the fuck like, is like, doing? <laughs> yeah, but like in England, you can like, it's up to you, isn't it, Max, if you ride in like, yeah, uh, yeah. in the cycle path. Yeah, but not, that's, that's like, why it doesn't work, you know? It's like, what, what, what a pedestrian start to go on the highway as well like oh yeah but we can choose <laughs> i see a mobility scooter mate on a on a 50 mile an hour road the other day like just <laughs> cruising, <laughs> fucking guy cruising along no lights on or anything and i'm thinking <laughs> people moan about bikes this guy's like asking to get hit from behind isn't he? You know, like, just, yeah <laughs> right. it's the, you know this place here montegordo so it's 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 a it's, it's a weird combination it's a bunch of athletes like high level runners and triathletes and swimmers then you have old dutch people everywhere 
and then you have the locals. I didn't man. even and know the a locals, lot of Dutch people go there. I do know they go into like Benidorm and Moraira and all the UK people, well, especially the obese ones. I saw all of them in Tenerife. <laughs> um, what, in Tenerife? Oh, mate, absolutely I thought- crazy. I went to like this water park and um, I was compared to, I would say 95% was morbid flopping obese. Morbid obese. Really? It's scary. What's the rep from in Holland, like uh, in, on the continent of what? Um, the obesity British people are like yeah like, or what or what Brit, what they think of British people like when they go away and they see some Brits do they have a good rep like they think oh the Brits are real friendly or do I, they I would like, say oh, they like- would say like the people from London uh, up and around are posh but you never see them like in Mallorca or in Tenerife or Gran Canaria because they're always sitting like at the beach 120 kilos just sitting in the sun no sunscreen <laughs> completely rat drinking and eating a lot and I don't get it I even think it should be by law um at some point um well that you you would get a fine if you're morbid obese because it, it just damages society like you need to put in like so same for a psychopath you need to go into like rehab i think if you're morbid obese same it's just a, it's do, just not healthy it's just not i'm not talking you, like a little bit overweight i mean it's okay but morbid obese it's scary flipping scary would you not think they look cuddly though when you see them on the beach like um, and also like, if, if I had... kids like 10 year old kids and uh even the kids are obese like that is, it's a cuddly family they're cuddly mate they just like they're all like soft how do you call it when you like beat up kids when you b- abuse, abuse them. Yeah, yeah, it's flipping kids abuse, that is. <laughs> Overweight. Mate, kids. if the kid can reach the drawer with the chocolate bars are in, like, what can you do, mate? You, like, you Yeah, know, but they you can't kid. I different. mean, if mommy's, like, dinner's ready and it's like a pot of mayonnaise with uh, with schnitzels and all that kind of stuff, the kids don't make couscous themselves when they're, like, I watched um, a program on TV called Secret Eaters before I was, like, in Britain, and, like, they get these – they're real fat people, and uh, <clears throat> they um, – they want to lose weight and they in their head they can't understand why they're not why they're not skinny because of what they're doing and uh, so they put spy cameras in the house and they film them for a week to see what they eat and that's obviously why it's called secret eaters because they they say oh i only ate this and that and then the tv camera's like no we had cameras set up in your kitchen and we saw you go for a chocolate bar at 10 past 10 anyway one of the women on there she was huge and she said she's really healthy only eats veg meat stuff like that no extra stuff she was making the uh cauliflower and uh like carrots it had in there and broccoli you know for like the veg to go with it and she put a whole bar of like cheddar cheese in it and uh they added it up and said she added over a thousand calories of cheese on her like veg and stuff like that and uh she made this big old dinner for her partner and her partner's eating it. he go i can't eat anymore he go i've got pain my tummy's hurting and she went go on where's your fighting spirit <laughs> And he went, oh, <laughs> he went, oh, all right then. So he like starts shoveling it in. And he's laying there and he says, my tummy feels like it's going to explode. I'm in so much pain. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, that's one of the things that winds me up the most. Like on my Instagram algorithm, I'm seeing loads of plus size travelers. You know, I don't know if you're getting this as well, but on my explore page, I see a bunch of like how to travel as a plus size traveler. And they're saying, ask for a seatbelt extension. Get two seats. Really? The airline do you have get... to provide. No, but yeah. in, in, I, I mean, there is. I don't, no, I don't know why. We we are a bit in the bubble, and I don't think uh, uh, people should be like having six packs and all that. Well, ideally, everyone uh, would look good and fit. But even I, when I started off in January, mate, I've sent you some pictures, Joe, didn't I? I was yeah. flipping eighty-three kilos, and I was uh, I had some uh, some winter layers on me. I put something on. I had six weeks off, but there's a difference between 
not really sporty and being like morbid obese where society uh under 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 finds problems from you as a person you know because i was sitting in the airplane and the plane uh, the person next to me so when i flew back from tenerife was so flipping fat that his body rolls were over my uh, elbow seat so Ooh. i had to tuck in like really small and i could still feel his skin coming over like over at my seat it's crazy ain't it oh. And I, I was that, flying yeah. with my family, and when we when we were like walking towards it, you were already counting on you. Uh, line five, six, seven, eight. Oh no, I'm sitting next to him. And then my whole family was like, "Ooh, that's going to be a long flight." So, what would you rather li- sit next to, Tom? Then a young, a newborn baby, like a, under a year old, yeah, or a big yeah. old boy like him? Yeah, you pick the baby. baby would you? Yeah, I, I'd baby, pick, baby. I would. Yeah, I'd pick the big old boy. No, no, I, I, um, I would pet the baby. <laughs> like. I would try and to, like you. Got, you can't pit a big man. But what what do you want to do? There's nothing you but can. He's do. not going to cry, is he? Like, yeah, but the baby, you can silence it. What put something over his What mouth. I get angry at though is no. when is when you come to, come to check in, right? You check your bag in, and you check your bike in, and they say, "Oh, sir, oof, you've gone a couple kilos over. It's going to be two hundred pounds." And then you go, "Well." What about him then? And you point to big old boy. He's, he weighs 120 kilos and he's got the same baggage allowance. Aren't they going to change prob- that? For example, now I, I saw something in Finland where they're going to weigh the person with the bags. And I think that's like an awesome solution. That's a great the idea. Because the more weight, the more pollution, isn't it? So, um, yeah. And also, exactly, so you go for I'm a sauna. You'd be going for like a sauna sesh, wouldn't you, before you get on the plane? So you can take a few <laughs> yeah. more. Max would be weighing his bags a couple of kilos over. He'd be heading to like the bloody sauna in the hotel trying to sweat it out so he can like take his socks without having to pay an extra 30 quid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like all those guys did last year before arena games, just in yeah. the sauna the night before the weigh in. Lionel One got of them that like. Out. Lionel got Lionel got that like bang on though, didn't he? Because didn't one of the guys that did Super League before with you guys? I heard that he did it and totally fucked himself. Uh, you know the one that swam <laughs> yeah. with his um, trainers on. Yeah, Michael Arashita, he's called. Yeah, he pan- now lives in Flagstaff and he runs a cafe out of his van. But he um he tried to weight cut and he did it so bad he lost like seven or eight kilos and his eye went he, he went blind in one what? eye. Oh my god. Yeah, for a cup for a few hours, he couldn't see out of his right eye wow. because he cut so much weight. Some people because he's probably so not even a bi- so flipping stupid. But he's probably not even a big guy anyway, is he? So like for no. him, seven kilos is probably like ten percent of his weight. I think he cut from like seventy to like sixty three or some crazy. God, shit if he like had have got that right though, and he actually did feel good, he would have been an absolute weapon, though, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, Lionel got it right because he got the help from the UFC guy, Paul Felder. Yeah. Yeah. And he got like a, a room sauna and everything, yeah, a full this, protocol. This is, what yeah. happens, <laughs> this is what happens when people think they know stuff and they, they just start to mess around. And then with the, the pro attitude, like I'm going all in and I'm going to lose 15% of my body weight. Like what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But you know, people were doing that for the Zwift Pro Series. Yeah, and no. I didn't realize until afterwards I found out that they were doing like sauna sessions and stuff because obviously if they had to prove their weight, they, or that they wanted to have a video then proving their weight before the series. They'd like cut a shitload of weight on one day, do the weigh-in, and then for the whole series, they were using that weight. So they were like well under, yeah. which is obviously yeah, yeah, why yeah. they were flying. Like, you know, I was thought it was just a bit of fucking fun and we were all messing around in the winter. So I'm racing at like flipping 80 kilos, racing like bloody Reese Barkley, who's down at like 56 kilos. And I'm thinking like, God, I thought this was just a bit of fun, boys. Like, you know, I didn't realize we were well, doing Sam Laidlow pushing 500 watts. Sam Laidlow, 500 watts for what, what did he do? Remember that standard. amazing performance? That's just standard, mate. That is, isn't it? <laughs> that's just, that's just, that's just uh, standard winter numbers for him. Just another day on the tour, mate. We 500 can, watts for 30 we minutes. Can on, we can only dream, Max. We can only dream. <laughs> keep, work, keep working harder. Keep working harder. 
Well, I can tell you it's one thing. It must be the Morton. Uh, I can it must be the new Morton 160. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. So in um, I, uh, I went to Tenerife. By the way, I can't really recommend it for a training camp unless you're like 50 kilos and you like climbing because the flat is real. I told you, mate, it's brutal there. It's I told you it was fucking hard. Like, and you yeah. were going there. How long did you go there for? Two weeks then? You were uh, going to go for three, weren't you? Three weeks. Three weeks, did you? Yeah. I told you it's fucking brutal. Like, it's just, there's no but, flat. There's no easy rides. Like, the Tenerife. first week, so... As from Mexico till literally the 2nd of January, I took off. I only ran twice. And for the rest, I didn't do anything like Sierra. I was so, I was so, I had such a bad year that I thought like, I really need to reset. And I only, the only thing I did is like, I went out with friends and I ate a lot. And um, yeah, I just uh, really plussed some kilos. So then uh, I came to Tenerife and we were like going up this mountain and uh I think we were like a couple of days in. I already knew I was a bit chubby because I pulled up my bips and then you've got like these, uh, what, they, what do you call these things that you put here? Oh, like the, overhang. You had a bit of overhang. Yeah, you had the overhang, but then my belly was coming in between. I was like, oh boy, let's get like three weeks. We need to put this in. And so I said to my mate, like, <laughs> oh, I think I'm like, I'm like 80 kilos. But you always say that and then you're you're hoping to be like 77 or something. You always say like a bit extra, don't you, to, be, to become over like a big boy. Anyway, we're going up the climb. And I was just sitting on my bike, and at some point I had to do some tempo efforts. So I was doing tempo efforts, but it was only going 15 k's an hour. So I was looking at the, uh, and I had these these anti flat tires, like the slowest tires in history. And I said, these tires are really slow, because I saw the percentage was only like five to six percent. And I I know if I'm doing like six percent and a 300 watts, it should be going like 20 k's an hour. Well, that's what I did in the past, like 19 to 20 k's an hour, something like that. And I was going 15. So I was saying, wow, these tires are so slow. They're so slow. And the whole camp, I was just saying like, wow, what a slow setup. And then towards the end of the camp, so I trained like really hard for three weeks. I was like completely in the K-hole towards the end. Couldn't even swim 500 meters. And at some, so I went to this top training Tenerife and they had like this professional scale. And I thought like, all right, I'll step on that one. I'll see what it is. And it was still 81 kilos. And then I was, I was shocked. I said to my beta, I said, oh my God, that means that I've gained like something like 10 kilos because if i'm fit i'm like 72 yeah so you must have been and you might have been a lot heavier at the start then yeah i think i was probably like 83 84 maybe 83 i can tell you that weight makes a huge difference because i did that 5k didn't i with that weighted vest on yeah and that was only 20 that was 20 (laughs) kilos and it was like (laughs) how did you how did you just i've had so many people ask me why did you do that? Like, how did uh, that come about? You just decided one day, you know what? Yeah, basically, like I was I'm doing this. Not. Laura was doing this session because she's training for the high rocks, um, and I, I and uh, I wanted to put some weight on because I was going to do some like uh, lunges and stuff like that. So I was like, and I had the weighted vest, and I was like, oh, I hadn't used this. I've had this for like literally five years. I was like, I'm going to put that on. So I was doing that and running next to it, and I was like, oh, because I'd never used it before. Because I was like, oh, I thought I might like injure myself, you know, like running with that twenty kilo thing on. But then I was running with it, and I was like. It's, it's bad but it's not that bad you can still run like normal technique you know with it so I was like I said to her because uh, I was off to Gran Canaria on Sunday I was like I'm, I think I, I'm or on Monday I was off so I said I think I'm gonna do a 5k tomorrow and just see what I can do with this in so then uh, I just like quickly organized it before I went so I was like well I'm going off the day after anyway to like Gran Canaria for, so I'll quickly get it in beforehand Um, so I just decided to do it got some people to come and join me and then just had a crack at it. It was like it was quite fun. Like it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if we all did like a five k race, the whole load of us, and we had to handicap at like the horse races where like your handicap's made up to hundred kilos. 
So if you're a skinny fucker and you're like 70 kilos, you get 30. If you're 85 kilos, you only get 15. And we're like, have the 100 kilo race. You know, if you're 100 kilos, you get nothing on. <laughs> yeah. What would you be, Max? Max, you wouldn't, Tom, you wouldn't even have to put much on, would you, if you were like 85 beforehand? <laughs> yeah. You'd literally 15 kilos, you'd be fine. You'd yeah. be like, this isn't actually that much worse. Not that much, no. <laughs> yeah, but it, it makes yeah. a massive, massive difference. It does make a massive difference. Yeah. yeah. So for, for people who want to become faster at running, um, losing a couple of kgs um, makes you way faster than training like uh, another 30 k's a week. Well, on the video, what I did, we worked out that basically it made something like every kilo made something like two seconds a K. Yeah. And I'm not, so and I'm not talking about Patrick like Lang that. should lose another five kgs because he, he's like skinny as anything. But I mean, him like if you're like 95 kilos and you run like a three and a half marathon, three and a half hour or four hours, whatever, if you want to run quicker and you lose like 10 kgs, you'll be like flying. Yeah. Well, the 20 kilos is basically adding 40, ki- 40 seconds a kilometer on for my time. Yeah something like that so obviously over 5k it's shitloads isn't it and it felt horrible yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt, made you feel like you were proper unfit you know running with that on it's like you were putting the effort in you're looking down you're like barely under four minute case <laughs> what um i, I want to i quickly want to talk about the goals for this year so it's 2024 it's our first podcast this year um what you guys had like seven weeks to think about uh what the goals were for this year what is what is it going to be start with you max Oh, mate, I finished really late in Bahrain only like seven, seven weeks ago, probably the last when we last did the podcast. So I don't know. I, I've had a lot of time to think, but I'm going to try to try to be a hybrid athlete, mate. My goal this year is to medal at every distance, mate. Super sprint, sprint, Olympic, 70.3 mixed relay. So if I do that, I'll be happy. And if you don't, um, don't set your goals, don't set your goals too high, oh, Max. <laughs> mate, reach for the stars, mate. Reach for the stars. And if you fail, you'll land on the clouds. But, uh, uh, yeah. is, is your goal the Olympics this year? Well, look, I mean, I'll, I'll try my best, but at the minute we only have two spots and there's a couple guys in front that, you know, obviously Johnny and stuff's going to be hard to, to jump over, but I'll give it a good crack and I'll see how he, how he, how he pulls up in Abu Dhabi. Johnny, I'll see you on the F1 track, mate. <laughs> um but yeah we'll see how it goes uh but yeah kate's obviously got a big year with the olympics so mm-hmm. but I, i'm also looking forward to the super league series mate six races this year all around the world how how, try. how are you as a whipping boy of um a kate gonna make sure she is getting on the top spot at the uh, top spot of the olympics so what so you've got yeah, seven yeah, yeah. weeks to think about how you can do you like clean the kitchen every morning so she wakes up and has got like rest in her hat breakfast made <laughs> gives her a foot massage yeah. every night she gives you the caddy what do you give her <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, i just you know um get her nutrition dialed that's a big thing you know get the right amount of grams per hour stuff like that what, make sure so she's you not cooking? Wrong, what, there's, nothing her- worse than, there's nothing worse than, a, than, than your partner when she's hangry, mate, because you're in the shit then. So what, do you just ride with a load of Mortons and just every time she's moaned at you, you just pass her a bar or something? <laughs> no, no, no. Like- Before the ride, I just set out, right, here's your 70 grams an hour. Boom, boom, boom. Take this at hour one, take this at hour two, and then I just go, off you go. See you Can later. Can really do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell her what model shoe to wear for each session so she feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just little things. You know, little the things. It doesn't take that much effort, but it changes your life, boys. Yeah, it does. What about a massage? That's, just, well, that's relationship advice in general, not just about triathlon. Just you, put in the little things. Would you, give her a, really would you give her a massage or anything then, Max, or anything like that? No, I've just got the physio on speed dial, mate. Whenever there's a problem, <laughs> ring him up. So you're I, more I need the, you, mate. Please. <laughs> so you're more the nutritionist. 
basically. Yeah, nutritionist, moral support. I put on David Goggins in the morning so she gets pumped up. You know, he's screaming at her every morning. Put on some uh, some Andrew Tate. <laughs> Andrew Tate. Oh, God. His, you know you said about what stuff comes up on yours. I keep getting his come up on my YouTube shorts. Really? This is like, like Andrew Tate. Talking, dude. <laughs> Let me uh, quickly have a look. I don't even know what pops up in mine. It's just generic stuff, really. Not really. I get a lot of UFC stuff. Yeah, I do get a lot of UFC stuff as well. Yeah, that's that. that. Like, look, I pop up and then it's like Conor McGregor. Oh. <laughs> but, but I do know, so if you're like in a long relationship or in a relationship, and, and this is for the women, just get your boys handy. If you if you would go over to like the search page and maybe also the other way around for women, and if it would look like only bikini photos and you can only see like women and that kind of stuff, then, then his searching algorithm is pretty messed up. <laughs> That's a red flag. <laughs> red flag. Well, I'm not, it shouldn't be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a red flag. Maybe he's only looking at it, you know? Um, you don't know, but maybe he's also sliding DMs, but it depends if they're like, uh, a Katy Perry and that kind of stuff, then you shouldn't probably worry. <laughs> he's just got a few guilty pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Jody, what's your uh, year going to look like? T100 series, of course not. So you're going for the Ironman, right? Just going for the Ironman, mate. I just, to be honest, mate, I just want to be the best dad I can be really. Like that's my aim. <laughs> <laughs> So what is, what is um, <laughs> throw us your race schedule real quick? Um, yeah, I'm going for the Ironman series. So uh, Oceanside start off the year and then uh, Texas, two big ones. And if they go well, then uh, probably do Cairns in, Aust- in Australia. Okay. And uh, try and nail two of them at the start. Now, it's, it's, it's quite tricky, isn't it, really? You've got to have three good Ironman races and there's no backup option after Kona is there yeah so but if you're, Kona, uh, if Kona's... I would say if something is your strength then is it's like always having like a good Ironman you don't you've yeah no but I know but like one uh, good Ironman if, and then three shit ones but then yeah I mean like uh, that side's alright but I mean if you get a mechanical or anything in Kona or anything and it derails it that's your whole series gone isn't yeah, it yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. like isn't which is so it's uh, it's kind of a bit um, a bit tricky like that but mm-hmm. yeah I'll get them two done at the start and if they go well then uh potentially maybe do Lake Placid or just do Kona. Lake Placid would just be because you get a bone, you get a, um, a race in. So you go to Kona and then if you have a good race there, you just get rid of your worst scoring race, don't you? So you've what? got. So 70.3 obviously is not your uh, specialty. Otherwise we would have been seeing you uh, at the 70.3 worlds and that kind of stuff. But how, what are you going to change or do to, um, um, get a quicker well what is it what what do you normally like the swim and the run off the bike whilst you are a good good ironman run off the bike but in, in 70.3 you don't run a 110 or 109 no is it just hoping really. for the best or yeah pretty double much, threshold yeah. haven't you seen double tom double threshold, double threshold double threshold mate you know double it's threshold. all about that yeah how, how do you how do you measure that Joe, how do you measure the threshold? RPE, mate, is free. Don't need fucking lactate strips. You know what? I had lactate. I, I was doing lactate before it was even sexy. You know, I remember doing that in 2018 when I was out in Australia um, training and Laura was out in the car parked on top of a mountain. She was uh, she was doing the lactate testing for me. Like, I ha- Can you remember that, Tom? Like, I've had a monitor for ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't, when I had one, it wasn't even sexy, was it? And then all of a really? sudden now, it's like every like Tom, Dick and Harry's got one. But I, like, just, I-, I just can't see why, um, 
why every every two minutes i mean maybe to sometimes reset your sounds or something but to do this every session call on even max has got one yeah like, even yeah. he like he likes to keep it quiet because he thinks we'll rip him if he like max, max do, you, do you train <laughs> with lactate do you do a lot of strips yeah, but I only I only do it on specific workouts like threshold workouts and stuff because, like you said, like you see these people at the pool doing fifty max sprints and then click lactate. It's like, well, it's going to tell you you're going full gas, mate. Like you don't need a lactate meter to tell you that. You know it's, what I mean? It's all right, like, Max. You don't have to say you're not using it too much for us. We're all friends here. Really? If you're using it every day, we won't judge you. <laughs> I, I reckon you can use it as much as you want. I reckon a, a lot of these um, pros do it so they get like a little bit extra rest in between the reps. I think that as well. I totally I think that because they, they fuck around taking it. Half the time they get a dodgy spot because they've got too much sweat on. So then the reading's like skewed and then they end up yeah. taking like three minutes instead of having like a minute, don't they? Because exactly. But not being funny, if your lactate's well above threshold, surely you fucking know if you're like digging you can, yourself you a hole. It. Like, you know, you feel it. Yeah. yeah. You t- tell you're going too hard. Well, I can tell you one thing, how I am going to measure it. Well, over the last six weeks I've done training by feel and, um, so I've done, for example, six by K rep, and I can if I feel the lactate after the first K, I know I'm obviously going too hard. So uh, I haven't had that before. <laughs> but I'm doing a 10K run, by the way, this Sunday. Um, what a race? A 10K race. It's going to be my first ever 10K race uh, that I've done. I've never uh, really done. Let's have a bet then. Single. Let's have a little bet. Me and Max will have a little uh, little competition in. So give us a little tester on how your last three weeks training's gone, and me and Max right. will take a guess. So I'll, I can I can give you a little uh, recap. So I started off in January, first three weeks only easy running, uh, and the cycling I did quite some tempo, but after two weeks of hard training, I was in such a hole I had to take like a vacation of four days. After that, started the second block. And my run sessions were, so over the last two weeks, I've done two tempo sessions. So there was basically like an hour tempo at 3.55. And I've done two run-off-the-bike interval sessions. So it was like a threshold bike session and then a run-off-the-bike. Video dropping on YouTube later today. But it was 6 by k of 200-meter jog. And the Ks were done in, so the first uh, time it was like 3.27s. And the second time I did the K rep, so it was at the end of the training block. So it was like three days ago. I was like almost in the K all again. Um, I did six by K at 325s, but then with one minute recovery. So not a jog, but just standing recovery. I'm going to go for 34.40. Is it a fast course or a slow course? No, it's it's, it's not a fast course. It's not a fast course. I'll go thirty four ten because I, I I reckon you could do that. Yeah, pretty off that training. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was thinking if I would you go realize that when you paper, you're gonna have the carbon shoes. That's a huge difference. But did he have carbon shoes on for the sessions? What he was doing? Uh, yeah, did you? Tempo shoe. Oh, oh there you, you go. Fucking tell me that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no. That's for I must say, to be honest, I think uh, Joe will probably uh, up and around be more correct. I think I will be running like three thirties, three thirties. See, you can up it though. In, I remember he can up it though in a race because I remember you did some. You did a five k when we came back from New Zealand, and you were like fifteen thirty, weren't you? And like that was after the Ironman and stuff like that. That was years ago, weren't it? Back in like 2020. Yeah, but that was like, um, after like a long, long training block. The thing is, if you're like, uh, so I can just sense that that my basis from 2023 was shit because I had so much inconsistent training and irregularities because so much things happened. And then 
after the six weeks off, I can just say, so if I train more than 20 hours, I'm just like tired. So I really need a long time to, uh, to build it up, but it's going good. Working with the coach boys that, uh, are you allowed to tell us who the coach yeah, is? Who is, the is coach? It's still yeah. the secret coach. I can't, uh, I can't disclare his name. Yeah. When, is it? Have you actually got a coach, or are you just like no, no, I'm, I winging it yourself? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Or is that your alter ego? No. Like you've got like one one part of your personality is the coach, yeah. and the other part is the athlete, and like the, you talk to yourself like. The... <laughs> no, but uh, I, I I must say um, uh, what I find. So I've I've been self coach for two and a half years, and I've had actually some quite decent results with being self coach. But I also sense that I find it really hard to uh, get sessions done or get the hard work done. Whereas now with a coach, uh, even though I don't think much has changed from session what I did in the past, uh, I just think there's more consistency in there and more, uh, more, more harder stuff that I normally always would have been like, no, nah, I'm tired, I'm not going to do it, or I'm going to switch with tomorrow and then. Is 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 the, if the training's good, just send me your sessions over and I'll do uh, do your sessions as well, and I can have the same coach for for free. Yeah, I can change it something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see uh, how how I'm going. But consistency is already one thing, so uh, yeah, that's good. So you're probably wondering what races I'm going to do then. Yeah, I am. What are <laughs> yeah. you actually going to? Yeah, well, Text, I'm cans. I'm and cans, mate, because no one goes over there, so you can like get a, you can like start the year off with Mo- uh, mozzarella would, would would melt in cans, mate. I don't know if that's. Do a you good reckon? Move. Even in the winter? Yeah, even in the winter. Mate, there. Cans is horrific. Man. Is it? It's humid. Yeah, yeah. I think. The, uh, <laughs> I hate the humidity as well. I don't I'll be like, you better this corner, mate. Because you're, I forgot. Because huh? you used to live in Australia, didn't you, Max? So you're, you're all familiar yeah. with it, aren't you? And you reckon that me and Motsi will, uh, will melt in Cairns, do you? Even in June, middle of winter there. Mate. Well, well, yeah, middle of middle of middle of winter. It's still near the equator. Like it's going to be really humid, at least like 27, 26 yeah, for sure, and really, really humid. Wetsuit swim though. Yeah, but it's not going to be. Is it? Yeah, wetsuit swim. But do you want to know what the catch is with it being a wetsuit swim? It's only for the jellyfish. The water's fucking boiling, but you have to wear a wetsuit. So, <laughs> so it's like, right, just to get you guys overheated, we're going to get you swimming in some really hot water with your fucking wetsuit. I remember, <laughs> I remember that from Ironman Nice, what we did, uh, that we had to swim in a wetsuit because of the jellyfish. Oh, came out of the water, dehydrated, God. then like four climbs, 37 degrees, and, and we still had 100Ks to go. And I, I made the front pack, Max, star. in the swim. But yeah. I was so fucking rooted from how hot I was in the water that I had nothing. <laughs> that I had, not, had nothing when I started. <laughs> so it was like I was like, "God, the water!" Thinking, "Yeah, I'm on here." Then we started the mountain. It was like when the European heat wave was on when it time, yeah, and it was yeah, so yeah. fucking hot. I got. I was on the climb. I ended up stopping at the top of the climb. I had to get two or three bottles of water from a motorbike rider, and I just decided to wait up there until Tom came, and then we just fucked around. But I like I couldn't believe it. I was like, yes, I finally made the front pack, and then I'm like, too hot that I just have. to But it was also the first me. aid station. I think was maybe at like 100 k's. I think the first 100 k's had no aid station. I mean, that was what it was still griefed in my memory. I was so thirsty. Um, but anyway, the first big race is gonna be. Uh, so I was going to be uh, was going to do South Africa. But uh, my brother is going to get married, and uh, so I had to change my race schedule a little bit. So I'm going to do Lanzarote. Oh, Lanzarote. Yeah, that's a grim one, isn't it? Oh, I think it's a good one. Windy. Do you? But the money's shit in that, Yeah, mate. but I, I normally don't earn any money anyway. What about the money? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. You know, uh, I, I, I've, I, I haven't earned any money yet. 
I've, <laughs> I've got a, uh, a love-hate relationship with that one. I need to go back there and do myself justice, but I fucking blew up in that race in 2014. I think I was a bit ill, to be honest, before I started, because like, I knew the shit was going to hit the fan. You know when like you're a bit ill? Yeah. You're not that bad, but you're trying to eat food, and it's like you don't feel hungry, and you just you can't like you don't want to eat it it's like you've got no appetite do you know what i mean if you felt that before yeah yeah. when you feel a bit like you're not like that totally rough but you're like a bit ill that you can't you just don't have any appetite you can't stomach it i had that the night before the iron man so i'm trying to eat as many carbs as possible thinking fuck i'm gonna be out here for like eight and a half hours tomorrow i just c- couldn't couldn't for- i had to try and force myself to eat some anyway <laughs> like get some race cheddar cheese <laughs> my tummy yeah <laughs> yeah mate my tummy wasn't hurting i wanted it to get to that point where i'm like <laughs> <Fighting spirit. laughs> i know i had no fucking fighting spirit mate even the night before eating my evening meal so the writing was on the wall weren't it? if you haven't got the fighting spirit to get the carbs in how the fuck are you gonna get through a marathon uh so <laughs> basically got out of the water had the shitter swim ever, which is something for me. I think I must have been like 70th place out the water. I like you start with all the age groupers. I was well down in the age This groupers. is like a mess start um, with the age groupers. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Um, and there's like a, uh, a rope that goes around. So if you're at the front, it's so easy to get a quick swim because you just swim next to the rope. And as long as you can see the rope slightly to your left, you know you're taking the fastest line. You don't even have to sight. Um, so everyone's fighting. So if you're at the front, you're fine. But if you're in the melee, everyone wants to get on that rope. So they're just like, sw- swimming over you. So anyway, I had the shit swim, ended up biking all right for the first hour and a half, two hours. And then like, actually probably a bit longer than that, maybe three hours I was going all right for on the bike. But then I just randomly hit a wall and I went from riding like 40 k's an hour to suddenly like having like no energy and like literally riding like 20 kilometers an hour. Ended up stopping the bike on this dirt road. I can't remember what it was, but it was like middle of nowhere. It was like a desert. I stopped there, got off the bike, sat down. And I just had no energy. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. How I'm going to get back. Luckily, a motorbike rider came up who I was staying with called Des. He let me ride his motorbike back. And he rode my TT back to transition. <laughs> and uh, that was my Ironman Lanzarote experience 2014. Like, fucking stopped in the middle of a dirt road for about 40 minutes and then right driving a motorbike well, back. I'm going to hope that mine's going to be uh, going a little bit better. But that's going to be the first one. But before that, I'm doing like a, a race in Spain, uh, Mallorca, Porto Colom. Oh, mate, that's going to be a fucking draft fest. But, um, I'm just going to do that as a, like a, a training camp. So I'm going there for two weeks and doing the race. <laughs> Um, doing it, doing a non-draft, doing a drafting race, just, uh, practicing it. Maybe I can still make the yeah. Olympics. <laughs> yeah. um, if it's if it is a shit show like that, Tom, yeah, what you should do is just draft the drafter. Like, swap, if he comes, if he, if someone's sitting on you and you just like, you know, and you're using it for training, just say to him, "Come on, you can pull a fucking turn." Then when he comes round, draft him just to see what he does. You know, if he's drafting you, swap swap the roles just, you know, to see see how they react to it. Because no one ever does that with a drafter, do they? They might give them a little bit of abuse. They might carry on. But what does the drafter do if you draft them? Like, you know, if you get like Yuri Kulin and he's like flipping drafting you, why don't you just draft him and see what see how he likes it? You know, sit right well, on his wheel. You could communicate with him in his, in his native tongue, Tom. He's yeah, you could, you could communicate with him. And instead of sitting two meters behind him like he did to you, Sit 50 centimetres. Do you know really what I play think? a power trip on Do you on know him. what I think what you should have maybe on the bike? Like um, this mini, mini bottle filled with wee. And in case like someone oh. is really close, <laughs> you'll just spray him in the eye. Like that, no warning. <laughs> and they'll, that would be they'll just horrible. Know. <laughs> if they would know like Joe always does this, he's like he's like the wee sprayer. Right? So <laughs> everyone knows, never draft Joe. 
Because you'll get some wee spray. Some wee. I mean, I'd be, I'd be scarred. Imagine that if it was your first time racing pro and some guys like spraying piss on you. I'm fucking not doing this sport again. Like, yeah, it's crazy. No, no, but you, you would, you would know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's right. I was a bit too close because if you weren't too close, he wouldn't even hit you with the wee. You know, so you could just have a little pouch on the bottom of your bottle, okay? Um, you know, just and then you reach around the back, press it. Bang, better than Race Ranger. <laughs> yeah, that's way better that would be Ranger. better than Race Ranger, yeah. Because <laughs> that would actually scar you and you'd but be like, the same oh like my this God. anti-mosquito spray, right? The, these ra- these guys that draft are like mosquitoes as well. And sometimes you just need to like spray something at them. Just wear Lynx Africa, mate. They wouldn't want to get too close to you then if you wear that. <laughs> <laughs> or drive a caddy. <laughs> yeah. Nice bit you, drive, you turn up to the caddy, mate, and they ain't going to be drafting you, are they? <laughs> but, uh, um, after uh, a Lanzarote, uh, probably uh, 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 Walchsee is a race in Austria. And then probably Roth, Challenge Roth. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one to go this year. But I'm, I'm doing the... Um, so remember the, the series what I did in St. George? So I'm starting the um, the weekly YouTube series as of today, but I'm going to do the I'm going to these races, and I'm doing a bit of the uh, the, the 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 same uh, uh, vlogging style. So a bit like interview, of course, quick fire questions with the amateurs. I thought I thought that was fun. I really like. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good to see. Um, going uh, on to the next topic, did you guys see about that Mo Katir, the runner who uh, failed, who missed free drugs tests and got a ban? Is it like, easy to miss free drugs yeah. test? It's almost, I'd say, almost impossible to miss free drugs test. I, 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 like I've... the other day, Kate had a test at home, and she put in all the details perfectly, right, of the on the app, and you know, gave the street, gave the apartment number, and everything, and the person still couldn't find it. And she was out in the road, called her phone like three or four times, like I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Kate picks up, goes, okay, I'll meet you in the in the street. So she goes down in the street, meets the test. The tester comes up, does the test, leaves. Like in that whole process, I don't see how, unless you didn't have your phone on you, you would miss that. Like I ne- find that really. They never ring me. They never really? ring me. Yeah. Like I, I, I've missed two tests before in a 12 month period. And I was shitting myself, mate. I thought, fuck, I'm gonna get, I might get banned here. Like, I even had a letter from. I can see, I can see a scenario where you miss one if you forgot to change your thing and you've taken a plane to a race, and then, oh yeah, they showed up to where you were training. And but as soon as you do that, right, you miss one. You, you like you said, you'd get on it, and you'd, you, you'd be like, oh, if you're really clean, if you're like, you're clean, you're a clean athlete, you don't want to get three no shows because obviously everyone just assumes like, oh, well, you're screwed. He's on the you're, gap. you're totally screwed, aren't you? Yeah. When I was on two, I had a, I had to set on my phone. A reminder every day at like say six PM. Yeah, yeah. Update whereabouts, update whereabouts to make sure. Yeah. Like so every day I was getting a notification. It was one month I had to do that for. And for that month I was like flipping shit in it. Cause I'm like, if I miss one, that's it. Like you say, your whole reputation's gone, isn't it? Like everyone's gonna be yeah. like, Oh, he's missed free tests, like definitely on the gear. So I was like pretty uh, yeah. but um, I think that's, that's quickly it. because we just shouted some uh, some Kenyan name. What, what so he was like a fifteen hundred Spanish runner. Spanish oh, yeah. mate, European fifteen European 1500 meter champion, uh, second fastest, I think, ever is he over 3000 meters or third fastest? Like, he was just behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we were, you would say he was like the big dog up there. Yeah, 1245. Yeah. He was definitely 5K. a model medal prospect in the 5K for sure. He's right. the best European 1500 uh, 5K com- like runner 
in in the world and then, if you combine both um, isn't he probably dutch pro cyclist also got caught with uh, really and we cycled with him in in andorra what was his name again uh, 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 tohawk anton tohawk yeah, yeah. So he's dutch wasn't he? did Tohawk. you say he's dutch did you say yeah yeah he's dutch he's dutch and um, I remember, <laughs> I remember on, on, we were we were at this cafe, and Alex Dowsett uh, was saying. So he was sitting there in this track Segafredo outfit, and he said, "That guy is Dutch." And I said, "He ain't flipping Dutch." And he said, "Yeah, he is. His name is Towhawk." And I said, "His name ain't flipping Towhawk." You know, <laughs> I, I, if I if if he was a Dutch pro cyclist, I would have known who he was. And then he was like, "Tolhook, Antoine Tolhook." With, uh, um, yeah, he was pro cyclist for Trek Segafredo. He weighed something like 35 kilos. I don't know if you remember it, Joe, but he was like I remember, yeah. ripped as anything. Um, like really skinny. On steroids, mate, and he weighs 40 kilos. Like you'd think he'd be fucking butch, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like proper, like, you know, a bit of a meathead. But he's like, imagine if he wasn't on it, how small he'd be. He'd have been at 25 kilos. But it, would ma- it makes you wonder. Um, and also um, that everyone in triathlon is just so honest. That we, yeah, we, it's good, isn't we it? We just have honest athletes. We've got fair athletes, fair sport, and we've all got, uh, um, you know, triathletes don't do that. You hardly ever see it. We had Colin, and that's it. Yeah. But you know what they say um, about the missing the free? <laughs> you know what they say about missing the free test? One of the things is why people do it is because, like, there was a thing about Dwayne Chambers and the guy who was helping him cheat that Victor Conti, like the famous like drug doctor, and they would use the missed test as a way to um, appeal, like keep on the gear. So basically, like you imagine you're on the juice, you're taking everything, testers are coming to you, but you're constantly changing your whereabouts. So like I'm saying, I'm in like bloody somewhere else, somewhere else. And you keep doing that. And then once you miss two tests in that 12 month period, then you go clean until it like resets. And then they do it. So obviously yeah, they're yeah. taking all the drugs, but they're telling the, the testers they're in a different place than where they are. So they can keep doing it, keep doing it. And then once they miss two, they're like, all oh, right, now I've got to come off it because to make sure that I'm legit. And then obviously when it resets again, then they'll start doing it. So like people can use that, can't they, as a way to... But I think the mistake that people make with doping <laughs> is like, it, and I used to do it too as well, like when you're a bit naive, is you, you realize like it's not just the, the positive tests that like are a way of, of finding someone, you know, like the, the, did you see that investigation the other day about the Spanish anti-doping federation that was like sending, sending the notifications late enough so that the athlete wouldn't get it oh, to notify yeah. them of a positive test. And therefore it was void. Like there's loads of ways to work the system, yeah. not just like event, not just like blood values and oh, okay. If I take EPO at this time, I'll be clean at this time. There's loads of administrative pathways that yeah. if your federation wants to cover up your test, they can do it. Like, pretty easily and when you, you know? think the federations are getting money from the athletes the medals they get at the olympics then the federations don't really want to stop bust their key athlete do they because you think but also like- it's a great investment because you think to yourself right okay if if we get five gold medals we'll get how much participation in sport how much more funding from the government how much more you know initiative lottery funding it, it's it's if you think about it it's a good investment from a country to put a national drugs program that's why russia did it in sochi you know like they had all their athletes on the gear. They won all the medals in the in the Winter Olympics, and and Putin and like whoever was in charge was 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 a king. You know, like everyone loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like, I don't see how we could miss free tests because, like Impossible. I said, when I was on two, Sierra Nevada. Well, yeah. And when I was He's on two, I was. Time. Yeah, and when you're on like two, 
you're shitting it, you know, like you're literally thinking, I'm fucked if I miss one more. Like I'm totally yeah. fucked. That's it. Like you would have notifications on. You would be literally making sure that you kept that up to date until you won like until it resets kind of thing, don't you? Like that way, you know, I was. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I was like proper nervous about it. Like so and with him, Olympic year. How can you how can you mess that up and miss the third one? Impossible. You know? Impossible. Impossible, yeah. Something's fishy. Right. Have we, you seen we had him? we had it we- yeah. Oh, sorry. Have you seen him? Like he's been giving people abuse on like Instagram as well. Who? Like some people have said, oh, like that Mo Katia. Like some people have said stuff like, oh, I knew he was on the gear, and he's like, he commented on one person, and he was like, oh, you think because I'm a champion, I'm on the gear? You're ju- you're just a loser, you know? When Where have we heard that before? Yeah, and he says like, when your missus looks at like Mo Katia, she thinks he's like a good looking guy or something like this, like some crazy kind of thing he's been saying. <laughs> he's been like, <laughs> and he's been like. He's been like comment, like literally giving people abuse back to on like to when they've yeah, like, said also, something. Yeah, he can also like, like say like I haven't been caught, like I've only missed the test because I was yeah. a bit goofy. Yeah, well, well, f- fuck him. And in the end, do you know, um, Joe, your mom and your your uh, whatever, they all don't flipping care. You know, they uh, they probably uh, do. Uh, they uh, the average the average triathlete or runner, um, which is ninety nine percent of the market. They uh, um, they train, they uh, do a long run in the woods, and just like us, they uh, feel that they need to, to to do a little poo in the woods during the run. They listen to a podcast. They don't even know who. Maybe they know world one world champion. They don't even know who all these athletes are. They don't flip and care. Everyone thinks that they're all super important. People don't flip and care. And in the end, for example. My uncle plays golf probably uh, multiple times a week. I don't think he can name like five guys in the top 10 right now. So, um, yeah, in the end, is it all super important with this doping stuff? No, it's super sad. And, uh, um, yeah, it's just a bunch of losers that can't look themselves in the eyes. But in the end, yeah, who knows this guy? Maybe they can, though, because they think everyone else is doing it. But, 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 they're, only like, they're only like a few real champions. Like, for example, everyone knows Elliot Kipchoge. But can you name... Uh, do you reckon that your dad can name the third fastest Kenyan or or the, the, the silver medalist? The in, I couldn't even exactly. name the third fastest Kenyan. Like. And same for, same for like in triathlon. Um, you've got... 50 Ironmans, for example, and you've got 40, 70.3 in the T100 series, in the Clash, and this and that, whatever. We've got like multiple thousand pros. And if you come in third, like in an Ironman race, that is flipping, flipping awesome. But um, yeah, in the end, if you get caught or if you don't get caught, like a lot of pe- not a lot of people know who is who and what is what. They don't even know if an age grouper does a world champion duathlon series, if she's a pro or not. You know, there's so many categories and everything. Do you think? Yeah, but they're just doing it to get the money, though, aren't they? Like because yeah. all, like, I think you know. I think what becomes complicated is like yeah, you've got that aspect, but you've also got the aspect where you got a bunch of clean people as well that are getting screwed over by people that aren't. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like, uh, like, that's the difficult thing is like when you have a bunch of clean athletes that aren't making the same money or aren't getting the same publicity or the same support, and they're getting maybe eighth in the race, natty, and the people at the front are, you know. Doping. That's where that's where and the problems it, come because the that, person at the front that's is making where, that's millions. That's where the problem. Yeah. Because like I, it often often people say like you know if you want to be household name big dog like you got to do you got to dope you know and like but if you want to be you could be a pro clean but if you really want to be like you, Tom. can you hear me? Know, Max? So, you, yours, yeah, it just cut out for like 
yeah mine like froze as well yeah mine froze as well yeah. like a couple of four minutes ago but you're in spain but yeah i think spain, the biggest, Portugal. yeah we're, we're in portugal mate same same <laughs> the buttons are clogging up the network mate <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, no, I think it's just shit for the people that come like seventh, eighth or whatever. Like you look at like some races at the Olympics where you've had the top five disqualified and then the sixth person actually won the race. Like that's well, pretty shit, shit for that person. For a, lot of, for a lot of athletes, it would have been life changing. Maybe you don't know. Yeah, These yeah, yeah, people yeah. are just narcissistic and uh, only think about themselves and uh, um, yeah, just, uh, just scary people. Um, anyway, is there... Uh, Do we want to wrap up on the C100 series? Do we want to wrap up on that? Yeah, we'll have a little chat about that. What do you think, Tom? Sight set on that with your new coach now. You reckon you'll get enough points yeah, at like wild your races? Well, yeah, wild card. Do you spot. know what? Do you know what I think? <laughs> about Vegas, the, baby. So about this T one hundred series, and this is this is what I think. So on one hand, it's really good for the sport that they um, uh, that they uh, bring a lot of money into it, so they can professionalize the sport or whatever. Even though that ninety nine percent aren't even benefiting from it. But what I do think as well is they is that they would just um uh to me uh sign certain athletes um with like a lot of money so it keeps like the rich rich and the poor poor because there are some athletes and i'm gonna name uh two dark you'll have to be like you'll have to be like robin hood mate where you're like turning up to the events taking the money back to the people you know i think he's 16th or 15th in the world he had like a cracking year last year he doesn't have any sponsors like zero he works part-time in the bakery um he pays it because of uh, the price money uh what he gets he pays everything he doesn't get invited to the t100 series well whilst he should belong there he should be there um and there's just so much more it's, i think it's all a bit like friend politics um it is it's not an open series invite only and everyone gets cash i don't know i think in the end and i spoke to an amateur last week where i i asked him uh um about races uh what races he was gonna do and he said to me so he's like the average amateur who doesn't really yeah care about pros or whatever and he said i'm only racing ironmans and i said why because of the brand, you know, if I go to a birthday party and I said, I do an Ironman, then people know what I'm talking about. And if I need to explain what I'm doing, uh, if it's like a different brand name, then it's a triathlon, then it's too much of a hassle. I just want to do an Ironman. And that's also what I think Ironman that's is the classic. It's the original. Um, and even though that for the professionals, it's not as great organized. Um, it is open, though, for every professional if you have a license. Yeah, and luckily I've got my new USAT license now. <laughs> British, yeah. British Triathlon, you can come at me now. <laughs> that, does that actually work? Are you going to have an American flag racing next year? No, it, like that's what people think, but it's literally just where you get your license. So say you like move to a country, you're more than welcome to like take a license out with that country, but you'll still race under the, you know, if you were to race for like a proper, you know, like in a world championships for the country that you're like, register you know your nationality is this is just the license where you're at you know like if you move to america you wouldn't get a british triathlon license you'd get a use at one but you'd still represent gb if you were to go to like a world champs or something like that you know if you qualify it's the same as that but obviously racing long distance it doesn't matter does it you know in an ironman you're not representing your national federation are you you just need a license so you can get your license out with anyone and actually fact the USAT license even saves me money because it means that i don't have to keep paying for a day USAT license every time i sign up to an american race so it's actually saved me money, less hassle, way way easier, and 
you know, if I haven't you got to are, do politics. I bet if you are going to do a world champs, then uh, you need. To I'm not getting in. GB kit. I'm not. GB is going to be I'm, like you're going to be in a neutralized kit, just like the Russians yeah. have to like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and me and uh, bloody yeah, Vlad are going to be teammates, aren't we? Now, like uh, when we sign up. What, for the what, world what, what we... do you guys think of the T100 series? And it's like for a select people, and also with regards to like the points. I think for you, Joe, in the future, if you want to do the T100 series, it would almost be impossible because I think they're going to rank the races of the series as so high with getting points, like abnormous points, whereas a Texas, Ironman Texas, would maybe get like 80 points or 85 points, whereas doing no, like- Texas will get Texas will get massive points because of the prize money and stuff like that. Regional I'm just saying, well, then- I, well, in the end, we have to see but, because did you get that, any points? Yeah. Yet? So, but it will get it will keep the same athletes in the same loop. It will do, yeah. I to be honest, like I'm not really like uh, that bothered about it because like I've not, but I've never not really had any interest in racing it. I would do the odd one if I got you know like London for instance because I can like just get the train there and it's like handy. But I just the thing what I don't really like about it is the courses are just so flipping boring. They've been in the past, just like out and back. I mean, for you, Max, they're brilliant, aren't they? Because yeah. your swim like puts you right up there. Your bike, like if it's a boring flat course and it's easy to sit in the group, you're going to be absolutely laughing because you'll yeah. get out the front and the front, yeah, right at the front. You'll be in the bike. Get abused in the by Alistair. What's that? Get abused by Alistair. Get abused by Alistair. Get drafted by Yuri if he's uh, swimming with you and then have a run battle, mate. For you, like for Max, it's perfect, perfect. isn't it, Tom, how their courses are? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Like, you just need, but for you to get into the series, for him to get into the series, it's going to be so flipping hard, like to actually get yeah. a proper, like, you know, to get a proper contract, contract where you're getting paid because how do you get the points, like you say, to be ranked top 15? Oh, dogs, all mate. the dogs are back. The dogs are dogs back. Are back. But, but with that, like you're saying, the courses are pretty boring. I can, so for the pros, um, uh, well, it makes it a less exciting race as in it's more like a short course where the bike isn't as a sport as important. Um, I would say if you get like an Elbe d'Huez kind of course or something like that, it would be brutal. Oh, that would be amazing that if they would, did it on a course cool. like that. But uh, apart from that, yeah. they, they also make it right, right now, they're uh, like amateur races. But if I were an amateur, well, I kind of am, um, I also want to go to like uh, really scenic races. So I wouldn't want to be racing loops around the racetrack, but I want to be going to like a race in France. I would be doing like Emberman or like a cool Ironman or whatever, like you know, uh, Roth. Yeah, but yeah. I guess with the, the people that probably sign up to these as amateur races are probably people that live within like an hour's drive an hour and a half yeah. didn't you reckon like and they're like oh there's a race an hour and a half way all the top pros are going to be there so they just that, sign up that was for me like that was the main thing i thought was like what how well, how is it sustainable you know like they obviously i've heard the numbers on the contracts like massive contracts and i'm just can thinking you, can to myself, you tell me like what numbers like what, what, how, how much are, are people getting paid i i heard i heard like the top six seven guys and, and girls were on like something like 120k contract i've heard like everyone's on like 100 120k something like that but anyway like you see like okay so you can do the quick maths you know like you got 20 women 20 men give or take so you're looking at like close to two three million dollars worth of six million dollars worth of contracts and it's like then you got to pay to put on the race pay for the broadcast pay for, and it's like where's the incoming revenue you know like how is this sustainable and i mean like that's it's great what they're doing for the sport i just uh I just wish, I just hope it's not like a bubble where some investors are just going to be like, oh, screw it. I don't think a lot of, for example, golf players or darters get get paid a lot of money for the big compositions because there's already prize money, you know? So in the future, how is this going to be sustainable? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. 
But like it's sustainable in like you're saying, like golf, isn't it? And there's way more money and like, you know, flipping boring to watch, isn't it? Like I Yeah, but right. loads of people watch golf, play golf, you got sponsors that pay for the events, that's iconic, the courses are like mythical, whereas you know, Ibiza last year, PTO, like they were racing up and down a highway. And yeah, it was probably watched by a fair few people, but for like for Iron Man makes money on I participation, guess, right? I guess they're hoping to get it to like the like golf eventually, aren't they? Yeah. But they need better courses really to do it, don't they? Because like you say, like riding up and down that, the highway. That's, that's an overarching theme of triathlon, like short course in general. Like the courses are horrific, you know? Like yeah. who wants to watch our racing anymore? No one. I speak to age groupers all the time that like, oh, when Alistair and Johnny used to race and Gomez, like we used to watch it because there was all these courses like Kitzbühel, Stockholm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I used to watch it. And then. now now I don't give a shit anymore. And I'm like, why is that? And that, the courses are crap and the broadcast is crap. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, that's actually true, you know? And like, if you take a step back and you watch it objectively, I, obviously I'm in the race or like I know people in the race and it's ent- not even that entertaining for me, but like it's dire, mate. And you look at like, if PTO is taking it the same way, I don't think it's going to work. Like if I were them, I would have preferred to buy something like you said, Umbran Man, Alpe d'Huez, uh, Laguna Phuket, Noosa, uh yeah. alcatraz and you just take these races and you just make them massive you know because they've already got like the iconic re- like yeah. reputation and you just make them huge Whereas, like, that would you know yeah. that would that would make it epic wouldn't it could you imagine if one of the races was the alcatraz one you just get they get jumped off the, the ferry and they're swimming from the prison in san francisco like you know yeah that would, that be, would sick. be so much more cool and like that's like cycling, isn't it? You know, like with the classics, like Flanders, Paris-Roubaix. Like, the, I don't understand why they're so obsessed with having it as 100K. It's like, just ma- just have these classic races and build them up. It's like, they don't say with Paris-Roubaix, it's got to be two, every classic has to be 250Ks. It's like, it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? One yeah, year yeah, might yeah, be yeah. slightly different to the next, but because the courses and like every race is slightly different, you know, like you got San Remo where it all comes down to like the Poggio and like the Suppressor, haven't you? And like, yeah, yeah. everyone knows how the race pans out and would then you've you, got um, would you say the majority of the athletes uh went with the contract for the t100 series because they flip and love the concept or because they flip and love the cash because the cash safe bet cash. safe bet but also like like we like we said like before the show is i don't understand how i'm seeing guys that have got six seven eight race contracts which i mean i would take straight up i'm not going to be a hypocrite and say oh i wouldn't take the contract of course i take the contract yeah. but then they're saying well i don't understand if, if i was a ceo of t100 and i was watching these guys social media and you know not going to name names but they're on there like filming themselves being like oh yeah i'm going to use the t100 to build into kona i'd be like hold on pal i'm paying you 120 grand to show up not to build into kona to perform at my race otherwise yeah, i'll be- just tear up the contract yeah. To be in top form for the race. like, But you know what they made, how they massively fucked up, don't you? They said only your top four races count and you only need to do five of the eight races. So why would they not just yeah. say you need to do seven of the eight? You know, you can miss one race and that's it. And if you, or you do all eight. And if you do all eight, you've got more chance of finishing higher up in the overall leaderboard. And just make it so it's impossible for everyone to do other races. Well, what you do, you what know? you do is, right, we've got these big massive contracts. If you do all eight or seven out of eight, whatever... You can do the four race option, but you're only getting that race's prize money. You're not getting any contract money. And I'll tell you what, people would rethink about flip-flopping in and out of the series, mate. Yeah, they needed to sign people to do the whole thing, not just doing five. And if people yeah. don't want to commit to the whole whole eight, tough luck, they ain't getting the contract. We'll find someone else. Yeah, we'll find someone else. And then they'll, they'll soon, like you said, rethink it. Because now, the, the way they've made it, we only have to do five. You can like do a couple after Kona. You could do one or two beforehand. And then the whole middle of the year, you could be racing Ironman and other stuff, which... For them, yeah, it doesn't look it great. Devalues your, devalues it devalues your brand. Devalues your brand. Then people see, 
oh, a thingy's going to race this and this and this, but also, I don't understand. He's got a T100 think, contract. Think of this, right? If you've got the contra- an athlete signed up in a contract, they've done two or three races of your race, and then they get injured racing an Ironman race and can't finish your season off when you had them in contract. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, I mean, could you imagine that, having a, being a footballer for Man United, then the guy going out and playing for his local like pub team on a Sunday, fucking Beckham playing for or his pub team. Or even just playing in the tackled. Saudi League. It's, just, it's the yeah. same as like, if, if if you're playing for Man U or whatever, and then uh, Al Nasser or whatever call you up and say, oh, tell you what, mate, we'll give you 50 mil to kick the ball around in Riyadh. And you go, oh, yeah, I'll have that. And then you call up Alex Ferguson or whoever's the whoever's the big dog there. And you uh, and you say, oh, oh you know what? Uh, I'm actually not doing that anymore. I'm uh, I'm going to play in Riyadh. Yeah. Like it's, uh, yeah, I think they should have signed people up for the whole thing and they should have made, you would have thought they would have made it. So like, they basically have to do, they can't fit in any other races. So their whole, all the top athletes around the world are purely committed to this whole series. So like everyone knows if you want to watch these top guys, that's the series. And also I think they should stop messing around with a hundred K and just having cool races. And the race is what the race is, you know, like you say, for Alcatraz, it might be 83 kilometers. Who cares? It is just what it is. You know, it's the classic Noosa triathlon that you said and do and have some long ones as well. Like if they truly want to see who the best long course athlete is, or non-drafted, not long course athlete, why don't they have some that range from Olympic up to Ironman distance? Yeah. Because then you're testing everyone over a whole range of distances throughout the season. And that is truly going to be the best long distance triathlete because they've had to be good at Olympic, good at Ironman all in the same year. And that would make it pretty good because you'd be you, you'd get a mixture, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Tom? But the thing is, what I see a lot with triathlon is I think there's a lack of creative thinking. You know, you see, oh yeah, this is the way it's always been. We need to keep it yeah. like this. But like, like you said, like why not? Why not do stuff like that? Why not just have a, a race where you go right? We're going to just bang it up this coal, and then we're going to run around this trail up the top, and then next week we're going to have a super fast flat race, and then the next week we're going to race in the ocean, and then the next, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, why, why wouldn't you just mix it up to see like who is the real triathlete? Because we see it in our in our racing in short course, like the the, the courses and like the, the the everything just massively affects who wins. But at the moment, all the courses are the same, so the same guys are winning over and over and over and over again. Whereas I'm sure if you put a hard swim into a hard bike into a, like a technical run in the streets of I don't know Vienna or like some European city, it'd be a totally different race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't they do that though? I don't know. I think Can't they're be just um, uh, because there are, there are a couple of billionaires behind uh, the pro- project, and I think they just knew know um, use their contacts for uh, some uh, race occasions. But if, yeah, of course, it would be more uh, cool to do uh, a swim in Gerard Mer or whatever, and then call up the call the Isoar. Yeah. yeah stuff like that but it is what it is and um yeah 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 yeah. i'll yeah. still watch it anyway because i want to <laughs> yeah but if, if atmosphere wise i would rather see a really good broadcast of challenge rough with like two hundred thousand spectators than um then i think the problem is in triathlon is the broadcasting in general is shit everywhere so you've got no choice yeah. you're just like yeah. you, if you want to watch it you're going to watch a shit shit coverage but you just watch it because you're fans of the sport and you want to see but no it's not like it's is done like a proper but maybe legitimate sport. Going to give the thing is, Kate and I were saying, yeah. Maybe it's going to get better this yeah. year because Janice Fredino is going to be one of the hat commentators on the T100 series. So um, that's actually good to have someone that's got great insights. But the thing is, Kate and I were saying, we were watching, we came back from a long ride the other day and the bi- biathlon was on the TV and you can see it just like, 
packed stands, sponsors everywhere. It's live on Eurosport. Everyone's watching it. And you think to yourself, why can't triathlon be like that? You know, like, I don't think we're any less entertaining than biathlon, you know? No, no, definitely not. What, well, um, by the way, what's the deal with uh, that indoor Super League this year, the Arena Games? Are they not doing it? I don't know, mate. I, uh, no. <laughs> I love the, the funny thing I think about the Arena Games is it's, it's uh, a fucking lottery as to who gets the good treadmill, isn't it? I think it's they're like, bringing Gordon Benson back. <laughs> He's fuming, mate. He got flew all the way to Singapore. Could you imagine? A 14-hour flight. You go, you have a good race. Your swim goes well. Your bike's going well. You get on the treadmill and it's fucking broken. doesn't work. And the guy from Zwift is just putting his hands out like, I don't know. Don't ask me. And you're like, keep running. I've, keep, running. I've, keep running. And he's like, the avatar's not working. You know, you've just flown 14 fucking hours across the world to do this fucking Mickey Mouse 30-minute race <laughs> <laughs> and your treadmill doesn't work. I'd be, I would be fucking fuming, like. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would be pretty mad. I would be pretty mad. And they didn't even give him a run. They should have put him into the final, shouldn't they, and give him at least another crack yeah. after that. Sorry, boys. I've got to wrap it up. I've got to go swimming. <laughs> Sorry. Um, All right, mate. That, to, that gold medal's not going to win itself, is it? All right. See you, Max. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, we're also going to wrap up. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening for now. Um, so this is the Travel Mockery 2.0. We'll be back next week as well with a uh, podcast. Just uh, we're trying to get back in there like every week. And that's, that's something that bothered all of us in the past that we haven't been consistent. Um, yeah, we're gonna, we want to call us uh, the Consistent Boys. <laughs> um anyway thanks for listening anything else you want to say joe no 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 we'll just uh get another one done next week and uh yeah thanks for listening guys all right see you later see ya thanks dog see ya see ya